Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. G'day folks and welcome to the Encounters Down Under podcast. I'm your host Anthony Goodall and I invite guests to the show to share their amazing encounters with aliens and UFOs. If you or someone you know has had an encounter down under or anywhere in the world for our new segment Encounters Unbound, please get in touch with me via the Encounters Down Under Facebook page or email at australianufosightings at outlook.com.au. Be sure to join the Encounters Down Under Facebook page and YouTube channel where you can also get involved during the live stream interviews, sharing your thoughts and opinions during the live show. Also, if you enjoyed the podcast, don't forget to give us a rating or review on your favorite listening platform. But anyway, that's enough from me. Let's get into what you've been waiting for. Kick back and relax with your favorite beverage and enjoy the show. This episode is available to view on our YouTube channel, so be sure to like and subscribe to the channel and leave a comment with your thoughts on the episode. G'day folks and welcome to another episode of Encounters Down Under. On this episode, I was fortunate enough to make it to the 10th anniversary of the annual Cardwell UFO Festival and had the honour of being invited on the Believe Paranormal UFO podcast panel for his presentation during the C-Files. We discussed everything UFO and alien, and we were joined by Ben Hurl, Peter Curry, Paul Hamden, and Stephen Strong, where we had some great discussions and points of views on the recent events. So a massive thank you to Kate for having me. It was a great, fun new experience there, and also a massive shout-out to Thea and everyone involved in creating the Cardwell Festival. It was an absolutely fantastic weekend. Good afternoon, everyone. My name is Kate Moyer. I am the host of the Believe Paranormal and UFO podcast. If you have not heard of the podcast before, I interview people who believe they've had encounters with weird and the unknown. That could be a UFO encounter, an alien encounter, an encounter with a reality, the paranormal. The mixture of all of them, and you'll be surprised how often that actually happens. Um, but today we are talking about something that I think is rather important when it comes to uh, UFOs and uh, non-human intelligence, and that's disclosure. Disclosure is a really, really intimate thing, and it has a, an, I guess, a, an independent uh, version of that. Everyone will have their own idea of what disclosure is. A lot of people may think that we're already living in an age of disclosure. We've had the government on saying that UFOs are real. And this is done multiple years ago. And just recently, we've had a couple of whistleblowers and people go under oath to say that UFOs are real. Non-human intelligences are real. So the question is, what is disclosure? And are we currently going through it? So, Disclosure. Something really, really major happened a couple of weeks ago. David Rush, David Fravoff, and Ryan Graves all went under oath in a, a U.S. congressional hearing about UAPs under oath saying everything that they've experienced, everything that they're sharing is real. And a lot of people seem to be, I guess, upset that no new information really came out from this hearing. 
Um, and I can completely get that because we all want to see bodies. We all want to see the craft. We want to bring it out and show off world free. Um, but what's so important about this is that when you go under oath, you are essentially committing yourself to saying, put me in jail if I'm lying. If you can prove that everything that I've said is not true, lock me away. And that's a, that's a really, really major thing to do. If I ask anyone here, would you go under oath and say, this is all real? I, th I think a lot of people really have a, a good second guess about that. These three gentlemen are essentially heroes in my eyes when it comes to UFOs and, and disclosure. Because of these gentlemen, we're going to be having multiple witnesses come forward. David Rush is one, has to be one of the bravest people in UFO history. And I, I'm sure the, the other members of the panel sort of potentially agree with that because this guy has put his entire career on the line, um, his entire life and his family's life all on the line for the sake of getting this information out. So I want to I wanna put it to, to Ben. Ben, you've been in the UFO field for longer than anyone I really know. <laughs> um, what, what's your opinion about this? Like, are you, are you in a similar mindset that these guys are like, paving the way, leading the way for what's coming in the future? Yeah, I think that's definitely the case. The, um, we really are in unprecedented times. When you look at all the preceding decades where it's been a complete, almost a cold war when it comes to the UFO topic, there's nothing to see here. Look away, it's not happening. Uh, Roswell was a mobile balloon, so nothing to see here. It was very much treated like that from the, from the top. And back 20, 30 years ago, and probably even 10 years ago, they could achieve that. That was very easy to achieve, and the, and the further back in time you went, that was just the way it was. Like when Roswell actually happened, they said, no, no, it was a bit was a, it was a weather balloon. Oh, well, everybody goes at the time. Fair enough, move on. We've got cows to milk. Let's just get on with it. So don't underestimate the importance of what we've just seen recently. It really is amazing. And these gentlemen here, they, they really bring credibility. So while the Roswell story itself, for example, is a whole host of in many cases, second-hand testimony, some first-hand testimonies, it's a very big and vast area of discussion. You can't argue with these, these three guys on the screen. They are highly credible intelligence and Air Force personnel. And if you watch the Spotlight um, documentary that was on six months ago, whatever that was, that also brought, brought it out. So once we started seeing this Tic Tac video, this Tic Tac, yeah. what the hell is that? And you follow the story and you go, wow, it's such a cool and amazing piece of gear that, um, that they saw off the, off the Nimitz of the Princeton. I met Kevin Day when I was uh, in, in um, Phoenix for the 2007-80 International UFO Congress. And yeah, he was, a, he was a really genuine guy to me. And, and they, these guys are not trying to be heroes at this. They're trying to get traction for their people to report this topic and these interactions in a sane and protected way. Let's take away and remove the stigma of a UFO report. You know, and this is at the top end of it. And let alone in the, in the civil aviation area where they're even further behind. Yeah. You know, I would love to see Qantas um, UFO reports, jet stars, everything like that, but you can't get that information. That's, private company. They don't have to give it to you. No, and, and even the, the commercial pilots, they are so frightened of coming forward because you, they're out of case, they're going to lose their jobs. They're going yes. to lose their career, their livelihood over it. And it's, it's a genuine concern to think that after this conference is done, we're all going to jump on planes, go back home. Yeah. If they see something, it needs to be reported. Yes, it does. And they need to report that, that fear of reprisal. So that's one aspect of it. But then you've got biologics and craft 
as I said this morning. I mean, they are big words in the context of what we're talking about here. Biologics and graft. Just, just, just let that sink into your head for a moment. We have crash retrievals, we have bodies. And if you listen to it and read about it properly, or read a lot of it, you'll see that some of them even lived, or one of them at least lived, for a few months after the crash. So that's big news, but in 1947, that wasn't, it wasn't big news. It became big news and it disappeared again. But now in 2023, the landscape has completely changed. So we are on the cusp, I think, I hope, and I believe that the, the gatekeepers who are keeping the screws on the lid of this for so long are scrambling to try and either keep it secret or it's going to reach the point where you get the genie's out of the bottle. And this is the crack on the top of the genie's bottle. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. The, the government is in a position where they need to try to get ahead of the narrative and, and try to control that. And we were actually seeing that kind of happen with David Brush at the moment. There's this, it's taken a while, and I'm surprised it's taken this long for almost a smear campaign to come out against David Brush because he's, uh, his medical records being leaked and things like that. And it's kind of trying to build a narrative that he's a little bit mentally unstable. Like this is a person that should be trusted. Yeah. And it's, it's too late. Yes. It has. It is exactly right. Uh, yeah, maybe pass over to the head of these comments. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, Anthony, I would love to get your thoughts on this because you, you're very much like me. You speak to, to people day in, day out who have had encounters with this type of stuff. What does this kind of mean for you as someone who, who does that? Because these people are kind of getting that, that confirmation that not crazy, this is happening. So, um, yeah, I'd love to hear your thoughts on that. Yeah, look, um, it's obviously a good thing to see this sort of come out in truth in the open there and that. And so it sort of brings more credibility to people's sightings, um, I sort of feel. It's a, a good lead step to go and look, look, you know, people aren't actually initially crazy. They have seen some strange crafts out there. Uh, the people are seeing some sort of beings, which we don't understand, which we are trying to understand, obviously. And this is a really good breaking point to sort of try and see what is actually going to be coming out. Because there's been so much... Uh, stigma and it's been stamped down from governments like it doesn't matter if it's uh, uh, America Australia is really bad for it you know once we sort of break these lines we're going to get a lot more disclosure well we already have some sort of disclosure but it's not the disclosure that we really want we want the actual proper pure evidence of these crafts these beings not out of focus images from you know the F-18s that they've been uh, filming from it's just something that sort of really needs to get through and I feel it's like a bit of a a low blow from the US government to go and sort of bring out David Grush's medical condition because uh, of post-traumatic stress, which is, you know, everyone's got some sort of fault, uh, post-traumatic stress there when it comes to their own military. But he's done service over in Afghanistan and uh, Iraq and all sorts of stuff. And, you know, he's even been cleared from that, even though he was at the point of suicidal, but he, he got the help he needed. He's gotten through and he even still was able to go back into the government and under clearance, like a high ass, sorry, ass, high clearance, <laughs> To go and you know, be able to go and um, work in that sort of environment there where everything is so classified, you know? And the fact that he's come through is like, like you were saying before, like he's so brave to even come out there with family being threatened and all this sort of stuff. And yeah, like initially, like it's uh, absolutely uh, groundbreaking to actually have that opened up, especially um, with everything that's going on in this sort of world. So, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, Peter, I'm really interested to hear your thoughts because you've had a whole level different, a different level of experiences with this phenomenon. Um, what, what do these gentlemen kind of represent to you and I guess the, the mission that they're going forward with? Well, first and foremost, first and foremost, I want to commend guys like that who have the courage and the kahunas to, you know, stand up and, and try to Congress inquiry and speak their mind and their peace and um, I want to give credit to, to Australian journalist um, Ross Coldhard, who broke his story with David Crush. Um, he was, uh, you know, treated like the crap, basically, by the time, by all the major news networks. And it was um, he who took took the fight to them, you know, yeah. and he brought it out there. And it was brought out in a, you know, sort of back way to begin with. 
And now that these guys are out there, look, for decades and decades, people like me and others have spoken about their experiences and all we were hearing was, why aren't there credible people? Where's the pilots? Where's the military people with the clearance, high clearance? And Well, here they are. Yep. You know? And there's thousands of, Dr. Richard Haynes interviewed thousands of pilots around the world. And we put our, we're flying out. We're, most of us here flying out on a plane that a pilot is going to get us to our destination. We put our lives in their hands. Now, if that pilot can't identify a, another plane or a Cessna, for example, for a UFO, we're in trouble. I don't want to board that flight, you know. But for, from my point of view, I've heard a lot of people come forward in the past, and you brought it clearly to my attention now. Um, Bob Lazar, I mean, he, he was one of the biggest outspoken people. Why wasn't he giving evidence? What's the reason for that? Like, um, yeah, I don't think he's been discredited to the point where, and he's brought stuff out that was years later, you know, they discovered that they didn't know about, no one knew about. Um, I just think the evidence is mounting. I think we as humans have the capability and the resilience to get through this. Okay, we might struggle with the religious side of it and people... 30, 40 years ago, people used to, religious people in particular, would say, no, aliens don't exist. We're the only, you know, people God created or whatever. Now that it's all changed and it's God created creatures all over the universe and if he wills it, they will meet. Well, they've been coming here for years and years and if you can't face that, if people like this giving evidence and putting their reputations on the line, and I'm, I am so disgusted and disappointed that they would attack someone for any mental health issue that he has in the past and has been treated for and then re-entered re the field and has a high clearance, um, now that he's speaking his truth, they're trying to discredit and destroy the bloke um, just for absolutely no evidence to back it. I suffer post-traumatic stress. I work as a security guard. I've worked with prime ministers, with presidents. I've looked after kings and queens like... Um, I'm not at their shoulder, holding, you know, putting a hand on their shoulder to protect them, but I'm in the team, uh, and I've suffered post-traumatic stress. So, you know, you can have trauma in your life and you get over it, and um, you can build your life again and become, just because you're suffering from some PTSD thing doesn't mean that you're not capable of having memory or having recall or telling the truth. Um, I just hope more people come forward and speak about this. Yeah, yeah, I, I completely agree. And something that you said there that sparked a, a bit of a point for me was um, you touched on religion. And one of the one of the bombshells that David Rush dropped in his uh, News Nation interview with Ross Coulter was that the uh, the Vatican has had a severe history with UFOs way, 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 way back before Roswell, and it, it has essentially had craft in their their hands and handed to the US government. How, how is that just not the most mind-blowing piece of information? Because UFO laws started with, with Roswell. And we, when we find out that there was a father that was potentially 20 years before that, yeah. that crashed over in Magenta, over in Italy, this, this changes UFO history all over again. Mm. I've just got one concern I want to bring up. Um, the term UAP was obviously changed to take a lot away from the history of the UFO topic. So change the name, the title, whatever. Uh, people like Ben, people like, I'll, I'll, I'll throw some names out there, Bill Chalker, Bud Hopkins, Professor John Mack, they've been out there researching this. Um, I mean, really, it just frustrates the hell out of me that they're trying to put all this past research as null and void, and then it's from the day the UAP investigation started, this is where history will be written about ufology. There's a lot more for ufology going back years that people have done a lot of good work and it should be documented and it should be, you know, given credit. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It's, it's, it's a really interesting point that you bring up because, uh, you know, people like yourself have had accounts with, you know, these beings and things like that. Then that kind of fourth form death is when it gets to the bigger picture of what's going on. Sure. And that, how does that make you feel as a person? Like, does that make you feel like it, it doesn't matter what happens to you? Or does it feel like that's a piece of the puzzle that's going to fall in later? Look, I, my 
this year my story is 31 years old and the Americans have just taken note and I've had a lot, a lot of attention and uh, communication from America and I've said to them, what's taking you so long? Like 31 years and now the case has been written in 2005, it was in a book, I've spoken about it. What's taking you so long? It's like, well, if it doesn't happen in America, they're not going to take note. Um, I, I don't know, I just feel... Um, it, it, I can understand how people who have had the experience will just go, well, I don't want to say anything, I don't want to talk about this, I don't want to go public. I can understand why. But um, I think if we can get people that have a bit of courage and speak up and just keep talking about it. American, some of the people I'm talking to in America now have said that the American government um, are asking for an, an amnesty. So if this comes out and they, they admit that, yes, they're not from this planet, um, they're from somewhere else and they have back engineered and retrieved crafts and bodies and that, um, you know, what's, what's it going to lead to um, with these, is it going to lead to, you know, the government's getting sued, plus actions by thousands and millions of people who have been neglected and treated yeah. like crap, so to speak. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I think, I think what it'll do is it really put a spotlight on any instances that may have happened to, uh, I guess, people getting injured, people getting killed, things like that. David Grush came out and said that these, not all of these things are frank. Well, look at the Cash London case. Um, they witnessed an object that was a diamond-shaped object escorted by Chinook helicopters, a dozen of them. Um, they got injured. They, you know, they were affected by radiation, so was the grandchild. Um, they had physical, you know, doctors and medical records that documented the injuries and so on. They took that to court and it was thrown out. They lost because the American government just didn't want to face paying making a payout to someone and then it led to paying out millions of people. But I'm not about that. Like, I couldn't care less. I don't want the government to give me a, a cent for my experiences. I just want people to acknowledge and to admit that this is happening to people. We may not understand it. We may not have full control of it, but it's happening to people. Yeah, yeah, most I, I think they can, they, can, they can still keep their secrets to a certain extent, but the world needs to know that, yes, it's actually true. This is actually happening. And yes, events like Roswell did happen. I mean, I think that at the very least would give everybody at on some level the basic information that we need to know. You know, do we need to know how the craft works? Sure, we'd all love to know how the craft works. They're probably still trying to figure out how the craft works. But um, we at least need some sort of at least general recognition that what's been going on for this year with all these people fighting for to bring information out, all the great work you said that's been done over the years from Australia and overseas by UFO names that have been long forgotten, it would be really good for all that legacy and for uh, the future, which is children, there's great to see kids here today, um, so they can take the torch forward as well. And we can all go, yes, you know, we're not just floating around in space on this little blue marble there are others out there, which a lot of people here do know that that's the case anyway, but the official acknowledgement is still something that I think the world is desperately waiting for, and we're ready, and I don't see why that much of it can't happen. Yeah, yeah, I, I completely agree, and it's, it's incredible to see what's been achieved in the last five years regarding UFOs, UAPs. It's really exciting to see what's going to happen after the September Congress congressional meetings, eh? Because more whistleblowers are going to come forward on that, yep. and I think we're, we're really just at the tip of what we're going to be finding out in sense of um, in sense of a, a, a level of disclosure. Mm. Um, what, I, what I'm interested about is uh, finding out what a couple of the other speakers yeah. were, were here, yeah. because uh, a lot of our speakers they had very different perspectives on what these phenomena are how they interact with people. And yeah, yeah, yeah. I'd love to, to mm -hmm. chat to a couple of the other ones if they're, if you're interested. Okay, uh, Paul and Steve. Just quickly, pop up. Just quickly, if I can, um, sorry, I... Yes. No, oh, it's okay. Give someone else we the chance. We can talk about this online. Yeah. And all day tomorrow, and all next week. Absolutely. I just like to point forward to, like, the, as you mentioned before, like the governments are coming forward with their sauce. And loose. Mm. Um, there needs to be accountability with the government. That's the biggest thing. 
And once we have that sort of accountability, yes, people are going to be starting to probably possibly sue the government in that regard, which is going to be very difficult there because there's no evidence there to try and back up your claims in that sense. So either way, how you look at it, it's going to be very difficult once this disclosure or the accountability from the government comes forward there. My biggest thing is uh, the problem is this is coming on the open there with David Grush, probably all coming out to open that, but still with the news coverage that still no one seems to care. Like we're all here, we all got the old uh, some sort of um, you know interest in the whole topic and something has happened to you, but yet the rest of the world still doesn't seem to want to take account of what's actually been happening, what's happened coming on the news, and the the, the the reality of what's just been pointed out to everyone. I think it comes down to an ignorance from the yeah. from the general public that Absolutely. if if there's not audio, if there's not a crash, like it's not real. And uh, I get that. Like a lot of people, they need to see the the hard evidence of this is what it is. Yeah, it's here. But the fact that someone's like gone under oath into a Congress meeting and saying there are crafts and beings, and like that's the biggest line out of the whole lot of it. Yet still, no one seems to want to go and care and like go, hang on, right? So there's a bigger picture here. I agree. I totally agree with you. You think the public go wild? I think the public would go wild. Well, it should be. Yeah, they should. They should be going wild about it. Um, Paul and Steve, welcome to the panel. It's great to have you here. Um, Paul, I want to start with you. What's your opinion of these gentlemen and the, the mission that they're currently on for disclosure? Because I imagine you, you potentially have a, a different perspective of this. Uh, I think that basically it doesn't matter uh, who says what, okay? Um, it's a conversation. It, it wouldn't matter what person had come out uh, who had said anything, it's caused this phenomenon, this phenomenon, this conversation and communication. The real issue is that the millions and millions of people that are being taken and abducted against their will, they're the ones that aren't very excited about this being real. They've been able to convince themselves that um, that contact that they're having uh, and you know, they're getting marks set on their body. They've got all these thick problems, psychological issues. They're the ones that don't want this to be true. The people that want it to be true are the ones that probably don't remember that they've been taken. And, and yes, it's very exciting to think that there's craft in the side. But think about this. Every time you look outside and see a craft now, and you know that humans have back-engineered all the stuff in Roswell and have their own craft, but you've got to go, oh, that's just a human craft. You see how they took the fear away from it now? They took the edge off it for you. So interesting insight to that. Because um, I, I, I have a look. And again, this is all speculation, so again, none of us really know. But I, I have my own opinion on that in the sense that I don't think we'd have these craft. I don't think we've done anything with them yet. And I think Bob Lazar is a really good person to talk about in that sense. Um, because... Bob Lazar was one of these people who should have come forward in these congressional meetings to go under oath. There is, in my opinion, there is literally no one more equipped to talk about the UFO phenomenon and the public eye than Bob Lazar. Bob Lazar should have been on that board, and my mind boggles as to why he wasn't. You still got to ask yourself the question, why? Think past what's happening today and tomorrow. Why is why are they giving you this information? Think what could be here in two years' time. What are they trying to tell you without telling you? People are missing the point. They think, okay, we just need to see the bodies. Well, then we'll believe. It's so far past that. There are so many races out there. People are being taken. Okay, and if, if, I know that it all sounds a bit strange if you haven't had contact your whole life, like some of us have. Do I really need to know if I haven't resolved my psychological issues and my contact and my energy of contact that this is real? It's going to be terrifying for a lot of people. I agree. I agree. Uh, Steve, I would love to, to get your thoughts on this. The... Um these gentlemen, in, in your opinion, what's uh, what, what do you think of their mission? 
Well, to be honest, I've got to be very honest. I don't really have an opinion on this gentleman because I'm doing this from an original perspective. Mm-hmm. So my question would be, why is it now people are starting to talk about something the original people were talking about for hundreds of thousands of years and acknowledging that they may be Pleiadians? So when we talk about people and their opinions, I've dealt with elders who've been talking about this. I remember my very first ceremony I was given um, which went on for quite some time. At the end of it, they came up and said to me, how do you think we circumnavigated around the earth? And I said, by ship. And he said, what about by plane, by UFO? I said, I'm not going to talk about it. So I've got to be very honest. Um, our first three books, we never mentioned UFOs. We came in this simply because the elders had insisted. So I've got what I've been doing is listening to my elders. And I sometimes wonder, why is it? I can see those three names up there. Why can't I see some of the elders who've been telling me this for 10, 15, 20 years? They're not there yet. And that includes elders not just from here, from all over the world. All of them have told us. I mean, the Hoppy talk about the Pleiadians like their brothers and sisters, as we do. But those people are never part of this group. And they're not asked by the government. And they still keep that knowledge and no one cares. Although they're starting to now. So I have to be honest, I don't have an opinion on those people because they're not the ones I'm working for or with. I work with my elders. Are you aware of the work that they're doing, though, and, and what their thoughts are like, though? Sorry? Are you aware of what they've been bringing to, to the public? Oh, yeah. Right? Yeah, I am. Yeah, okay. Yeah. yeah, look, I think it's fine they're bringing it up here. I mean, for me, I've said this for quite some time, I don't think the question is if aliens are here. The question should be why. We should have gone past the if and we're still dealing with it. And that, to me, is a distraction. Because while we're talking about if, that gives people a chance to find a way out. If we got to the more important question, why is it aliens have come here for millions of years? Why have they invested so much time and energy in a planet? And I do remember once asking one of my elders, why would they bother? The last 6,000 years, I'm a school teacher. The last 6,000 years, we've been at war. So why would they come? And I got a bit of a brief idea what that is, but honestly, um, that seems to be the major question why they've come, not if. And while we get stuck with if, we never get to the real question, which is why. And if we know why they're coming, then the people who've been abducted might feel a little bit better about the fact they've been abducted against their will. But while we're still arguing about if they're here, that always gives people an option. I mean, the Pentagon said it could be the aliens, but it could be the Russians and it could be the Chinese. Yeah. So where have we gone? Nowhere. And we stay on. Why don't more infant formula companies use organic, grass-fed whole milk instead of skim? Why don't more infant formula companies use the latest breast milk science? Why don't more infant formula companies run their own clinical trials? Why don't more infant formula companies use more of the proteins found in breast milk? Why don't more infant formula companies have their own factories instead of outsourcing their manufacturing? We wondered the same thing. So we made Byheart a better formula for formula. Learn more at byheart.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Um, the why, the if, we don't get to the why. 
Yeah. My elders, all they wanted to talk about was why they came, not if. Because white fellas have been here for 200 years. I've got to tell you, the black fellas have been here a lot longer, and they all know this. this as I said earlier, the only story in this country that every black fella knows is the seven sisters from the Pleiades. So for us, you're only catching up, and you're still not there. It's, it's going to be interesting when we, we get to a point where the discussion starts to potentially match the ancestral knowledge that exists. Because that, I believe every, every piece of this puzzle is different and every piece is obviously building to the bigger picture. Mm. And the, the, the piece of the puzzle that you have, yeah. it's, I, I, I think it's that fit in with the, I guess the, the textbook road to disclosure, because while this road may be long and it may be laborious and it seems like it's, it's slow and it's not happening. When it gets to that point of, if it gets to that point of saying, yes, these things are real, mm. the, the discussion then moves to what you're saying. Yeah, I'll ask you a question. Yeah. So today they disclose everything's real. Tomorrow, how are you going to contact the... I would. You wouldn't? No. I'll, uh, Why not? I would not know how to. Thank you. You should have it to Michael. <laughs> All right. I want to be. That's a fair point. Um, sorry. Look, I, that's one of those things. Like where it's like, like, like your industry, uh, your what role you're playing. You know, your, your connection. Like obviously, we'd have to sort of adapt to how to communicate with them. That's um, that's the that's the biggest thing. Because um, we're so reliant on technology as it is, but yet there's a bigger picture here. Like you can go through ancient technologies, um, ancient histories there, the stories and such, where, you know, meditations and, you know, priests and such were in a sort of spiritual realm. And that's sort of been thrown away in our sort of style of life now where that's not including a, a spiritual reality, I sort of feel. Um, and I feel like that's how we have to sort of adapt to it more instead of relying on technology so much. And it's a, it's a, a big breakthrough, I feel. Yeah. The paradigm shift that's going to be a, a global shift is going to be the one where you have to personally decide how you're going to contact those races. That's the truth. How are you going to do that as an individual? What are you going to do? How are you going to change your mindset? Forget the conversation, and I know it's interesting, but the conversation is a distraction. Okay? As uh, Stephen was saying, that this has been spoken about for hundreds and thousands of years. And all people are doing at this point is focusing on, oh, look, they may disclose some information and then tomorrow on Twitter or whatever, they don't disclose information or they try and put the whistleblowers down, their credibility down. But the truth is, if you're all being contacted and you don't know you're being contacted, why don't you know you're being contacted? Wouldn't that just be an education thing? Okay. Good point. Education, who? Who's going to do the education? I feel like people like yourself who are adapt to it already. Um, they're like People are claiming that they can speak to uh, other races of beings and that sort of nature. I feel like they should be taking the lead and role to go and start teaching people. But the problem is, it's so hard to believe. Yeah. That's the hardest part for the public to sort of understand. Like, all right, you're talking to people out there like you you come across as a crazy person, which I'm not saying that people are crazy, but you know, that's going to be the hardest thing to break through. You've got to try and break that barrier to make people understand it. And then there's going to be ignorance everywhere where people don't want to go and like, look, you're, you're, you're talking bullshit. Do you know why people are taken when they're asleep or why you wake up and are put to sleep? Because you have a psychological construct called your mind. And if you have contact outside of that state, their conscious anaesthetic state, you could move into places you don't want to go. And so they contact people when they're asleep and in the astral via a whole lot of other methodologies, and that could include plant medicines and things, because they're trying to, on some level, stop. I think the problem is that we have a westernised mindset. 
mm-hmm. we don't truly understand what it's like to work with spirits and others. But for the people that are working towards developing that spirituality, that level of consciousness, that frequency, what happens is you're moving towards educating yourself about what's out there and how to contact correctly. Hey, that's a really interesting point you bring up because you're right, the, the whole zeitgeist, popular culture has transformed the way that we think about this phenomenon. People who have the, the potential to do these other abilities to potentially communicate with these these entities or these creatures or these beings. So to to make that paradigm shift, that's that's gonna take a, a lot of hard work. And I guess one question I would have for you about that is um, rather than having faith, because if we want the the whole world to be able to communicate to these these beings, how if we go down that educational route, how do we do that in a in a way that's scientific can be proven, it can be replicated. Um, so, of course, as I stated before, that uh, we've had a lot of scientists contact us and they've tried to replicate what's called the heterodyning process. And the heterodyning process is based around what's called compression and uh, electrons. And I'm not going to go into the technicalities of this, but the methodology is uh, built into you because of your breath. Your breath work holds within you every harmonic structure that's required for contact. You just need to remember and learn how to breathe properly. You breathe, the first thing you do when you're born is you breathe, and it's the last thing that you do. I mean, if you get as, as a human now. Yeah? And so when we're talking about education, we need to learn about ourselves. We need to learn about what does our breath give us when we're breathing. People go, this can't be that simple. It actually is that simple because you came from somewhere, you came into the physical form, you're breathing every single minute of the day, and then you're not learning about your breath work. You're not understanding where it can take you. But people in the past, all these other uh, nations, have learned about breath work and learned about how to go into altered states and how to do it with evidence as well. And so the scientists that have spoke to us tried this and they failed because they didn't correctly do it. They went to it at, with an analytical type mindset rather than understanding their own experience. They tried to create empirical evidence in regards to if I breathe this way up, this, this is what's going to happen. It should be exactly the same for you as well. That's not how it works. You're an individual. Contact for you is going to be individuated. It's an interesting uh, insight. It's it's a it's a field that I have absolutely no knowledge of, and um, I appreciate someone like yourself coming up to to kind of spread the the knowledge of that. Um, Paul and Steve, thank you so much for for joining the panel. Um, ben, here, if you'd like to to come back and join me, I do want to ask you a bit of a loaded question, and we'll probably go to the audience because I reckon they would have some rather interesting. Um, viewpoints on the individual of uh, Bob Lazar. So earlier, um, not to not to blame Peter, but he took my thunder from this. But, <laughs> um, I, I feel like Bob Lazar is one of the most polarizing characters when it comes to the, to the field of uh, disclosure. And I, I, am, I am very much under the belief that 100% should have went under oath to confess everything that he Claims is true because he is the one person that has to essentially definitively say, yes, these cards are here, we've got them, they're real. And then the knock on effects from what David Rush has said. He's almost the uh, I told you so person. Yeah. In many ways. Yeah. Uh, and that story started a long time ago. I mean, a long time ago, back in the, back in the mid-80s or the late 80s, these crazy stories started coming out of Nevada about uh, this large, bespectacled man at the time who had who had apparently worked on strange craft at S4 Papoose Lake. And there was back then it was just a well whopper type of a type of a thing. And in the early days, it was really like, yeah, you either believed him or you didn't. So either you thought he had credibility or he didn't have any credibility. 
and he polarised the UFO community in many in many ways. And you're either in the pro Bob camp or the or the the negative Bob camp, and that's how it was for for a very long time. And the way that he spoke about it in the early days was with a with a really, sort of a real enthusiasm about it when he in those early interviews he did with George Knapp. You can watch any of those old footages. He spoke about it in a in a, in a rather enthusiastic manner. But as it, as it went on, he he became less attached to his story from the from the perspective of oh, you know, I'm tired of talking about this, you know. I've been telling you what this is about for for all these decades, and when Jerry Corbell did his documentary, was that because I was always in two minds about him myself. I, I sort of I, I couldn't really go there as a full Bob believer, and especially you've got people like Stan and Friedman trying to trying to bury him. You know, like Stan is trying to find his his records, trying yeah. to find where he went to school. Yeah, he worked at Los Alamos. He was in a directory there. But, you know, it was. It was all a bit, uh, a bit shady. But when you watch uh, Jeremy Cor- Corbello's video, if you, if you haven't seen it, it's worth checking out uh, from the perspective of Bob Lazar. And you watch Bob, again, it's a different Bob. It is. He's completely not that Bob from 1987 when, when they're running around in the desert together. It's, it's completely changed. And I found that his credibility to myself in, in himself Seemed to be a lot higher. I had to. I had to reassess my opinions about Bob, and I thought to myself, and and also they had to really coax him out to to come and make the video. And he, he did a presentation at one of the um, one of the American uh, congresses they had, and they practically had to drag him on stage. And he, and he was really reluctant to visit this whole story again. It was a real pain in his ass, and. I think with this, not sorry, the, the three other guys dovetailing into it, and I and I understand what what was said earlier about you know this is all really just catching up to what the cultures have known previously and that sort of thing, and that's true. But we all want that breakthrough moment, and I think that Bob's Bob's time was perhaps a little early, yeah, in some ways. Like back in those days, that was that information at that point was really. Because even back then, that Roswell story had been lost for a long time, and it was only through the works of um, Stanton Friedman and um, uh, various others who wrote books that started to bring it out. That, yeah, communion, yeah, exactly. So that story started at a point in time where you know the, the world probably wasn't really ready for it, and I don't think it broke through with the traction that these stories have now. So back at the time, you kind of had to be into UFOs to really know about the Lazar. You walked down the street and did a survey back in 1990 about Bob Lazar. Yeah, maybe in America you might have been a bit more. But in Australia, you certainly wouldn't have been. Yeah. So I might go on, but I'm happy to, happy to bash. <laughs> <laughs> no, look, I, I want to get to the to the. The, the real loaded question, because you're right, Bob Lazar is one of these polarizing figures. Um, I'm, I'm very much in the same boat as you. Is that I feel like his credibility has grown the, the longer his story has come out? Because a lot of the way that he said these crafts interacted, where they kind of turned belly first and then they kind of get pulled that way, yeah. that's starting to become more and more evident. And uh, I guess you see it in the flow footage yeah. um, that the the um, US government has released or got leaked and then they. Of it. Um, but yeah, I, I'm with you. I'm, I'm kind of 50 50 with, with Bob, and I'm starting to lean a little bit more to go, maybe this guy is just, there's something to it. It could be, it could be a great drink, but yeah, and I, and I think you can argue devil's advocate as well, like to that. You, you can argue for Bob or against Bob, but against this backdrop that we've got now in 2023, where this is, is a big news item. So, uh, you know, like the, uh, yeah, tonight in Melbourne, uh, Ross Coulthard is doing a presentation. So he's doing um, a presentation on uh, David Grosh, and he's also doing a presentation on his book in Melbourne. So that's happening probably in a few hours' time, which is really interesting to to, to note that. And uh, yeah, and Bob's place is really 
So I think if, if you actually sort of have, have followed him through the journey all over the years of, of the various incantations of Bob, this just adds a greater credibility and a, and a greater believability to what he's to what he's to what he was saying. But also, these guys have got gun camera footage. You know, that's that kicks it up to the next level as well. When you put the the, the gun cameras firing off shots in infrared of, of this object, and and uh, you know. And guys talking about the tic tac, it's that's it's a very it brings it right into the into the moment. And I think that that Bob is being dragged in a good way. I think uh, his story in light of what's been happening in the current affairs at the moment. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Look, per- personally, I, I was really, really excited, beyond excited, when Bob Lazar went public yeah. years ago, and I was thinking, oh. He's blown the lid off it and said it's going to happen, you know. But I never held my breath. I advise everybody, don't ever hold your breath when it comes to disclosure for <laughs> UFOs. Um, even with the guys now, Krish and the rest of the guys, um, I was ecstatic when when I found out about this interview with Thrust Coltard probably a couple of weeks before it actually was made public. And um, I couldn't contain my excitement at what sort of information was going to be released yeah and i thought once again this will blow the lid off it and um once again i thought don't hold your breath peter just wait you've been doing it for 31 <laughs> years near 35 years now and i thought just don't hold your breath because every time it gets built up something comes along and there we go they're attacking the guys you know health issues yeah. or mental health issues in the past whatever or they has the high high clearance um to, step, to, to take the stand that they have and sit there and present their evidence and face all this ridicule and the attacks that they're facing, you've got to give them credit. Like, they're not getting paid to do that. Exactly. But, but, I, I don't think they get paid to do that. But just back on Bob Lazar, um, I was so excited about him coming out and talking about this. We contemplated bringing him out to Australia and having him speak at one of our conferences. Um, made a call to his agent, and it was around the $12,000 mark. Mm. Like, the agent wanted $2,000. i am not even going to go at him. Like, if you can make money out of it, good luck to him. But from a non-profit organisation, you know, who were yeah. funding it from our own pockets, it was a bit too much. And I thought, if you've got something to offer the world and you've got evidence to break, you know, main- to go in the mainstream and talk about this, I'd do it for free. I don't want money for it. You know, pay my airfare to get there, and I'm happy to talk about it for a week. It's your duty. Yeah, it's our it's our duty. That's it, and that's why I encourage anybody who's had an experience, don't hold back. Just talk about it. Whether you do it on Facebook, whether you do it between your friends and your family. Um, one of my biggest um, thing, my I've got two brothers older than me. The one that witnessed my '88 experience, he actually set the bill that while he was sitting in the chair paralysed, he saw my body floating through the hallway and he saw three beings leading me out and he actually thought, my brother's dead, that's his soul being taken, I'll never see him again. You know, um, it's impacted him. My second eldest brother, he's had experience similar to me where he's paralysed, he's got something on him, but he refers to it as he puts a religious twist to it. Mm-hmm. And one time we had three priests at my sister's birthday and the subject got brought up. I walked into the room and my brother actually, he said, oh, yeah. Um, and, you know, I, I felt that, you know, I couldn't move. I was paralyzed. And the priest said, oh, when you read the Bible, never stop halfway through, go to a full stop or finish the sentence. And I said, hang on, you're talking about similar things that happened to me. And he said, no, no, but you believe they're from up there. And one of the priests said, what do you mean? And he goes, oh, he believes they're aliens. And he said, the priest said, we've got someone in our parish that's had exactly the same thing with three hooded figures, but he puts it down to religious being St. Charbel and two other saints. Now, I can tell you right now what I saw wasn't St. Charbel. You know, I'm, I'm religious to the point where I believe in God, but I don't go to church. I don't believe in what the church wants me to. But that's why I'm outspoken, and that's why I wish people like Bob Lazaro have come out and spoken about this and put, put it on the line, you know, put reputation on the line. Why not now when we need all this to mount, you know, we yeah. need all the support? Yeah. So I want to point out, um, like you mentioned, Grush was trying to, um, like it took us $12,000 to try and come over here or something like that. 
But if you look through Grush, uh, sorry, uh, Lazar's history there, he hasn't exactly monetized off it. He's not making a career to make money out of it. No, I understand. He's got no interest in the whole thing of what to, like saying before. He doesn't want to really talk about it anymore. He's had enough. And I feel that's why he didn't go to the Congress hearing to go under oath. Because he's had enough. He doesn't want any more attention from this. I understand. So, which yeah. is, uh, it's a big thing. 30 years of trying to tell the same story over and over and over again. Like, how many times do you want to keep telling up? It can be tired. Yeah. Yeah. See, I, mean, I sort of feel like he's had enough. He's at that point where he's like, nah, look, I've, I've said my, my piece. Yeah. Yeah, take it as it is. I'm going to leave it. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, exactly. And so, look, like I feel it brings more credibility to him because he, exactly that. He hasn't tried to make a career uh, yeah. monetized from it. He might have got a little bit here and there from, like, you know, doing little. Uh, I, I think he would, whatever money he did make, he donated to a college or something like that. Yeah. And, yeah. you know, that's to me, I feel that that's a big point out to like, bring credibility to your experience. Yeah. I just want to put it out there quickly. Due to my case, a source, I'm not having a go at anybody here, I'm just stating fact. A source donated, and it was a first payment, there were a number of other payments, $152,000 towards research for the DNA case and, and other cases, hopefully. And out of that one hundred and fifty-two thousand, I was given two thousand, and I donated a thousand dollars to the support group just to help other people because uh, we paid for their counselling sessions and regression or whatever. And um, yeah, I wasn't even in it for money. And you know, you could throw a million dollars at me, and I'd probably knock it back because I was never in it for money. Yeah, I think that's a big thing too. Like there are obviously um, agencies that do try to monetize off it and like they might have a bit of a credibility to themselves but I sort of feel like like anyone can do what they do that's up their, that's their uh, personal choice if they want to try and monetize off something but I feel like if that's your main goal is trying to monetize off it then you're sort of losing that credibility on what you're trying to achieve here like that's, what we should be trying to achieve is the disclosure the truth behind everything that's going on you know people are having experiences they're having encounters and that sort of stuff and whilst um, like all these people have nothing to gain. Like we're not paying people to come on our podcasts and do like you know that we we can't afford to do that ourselves anyway. Mm. But that's not the point. Like they're they're, they're voluntarily coming forward to talk, tell their stories, and that's where the credibility is because they've got nothing to lose from this yeah. or nothing to gain. And nothing to gain, but a lot to lose. So a lot to lose. Yes, that's what I mean. Well, look, I think we've had enough of our opinions. I would love to take it to the audience. I would love to hear what. If anyone wants to share their thoughts about what was up, and I do have a question for you, is, is he telling the truth? We got a microphone there to share to him? Or yeah, sure. Yeah. So does anyone want to share any ideas about the, uh, I guess, Bob was up? Should he have come forward and spoken under oath to Congress? Um, or share their opinion if he's telling the truth or not? Unfortunately, due to the poor audio quality, we couldn't quite get the questions from the audience there, so we had to miss out on this part. Thank you. I was like, that too. Like, I've asked this question a lot. Why does it seem like the US is controlling the agenda on what this disclosure is? Why do they control every single country in the world? There's hundreds of countries out in this world that have had encounters and experiences that people like themselves, or even their own governments that are having experience or encountering some sort of trust. But yet, there seems to be the US that are stamping down on everyone and saying, you cannot say anything. At least that's the house looking. Um, I know Canada's starting to come out there with their own sort of stuff there, but still seems to be controlled by the US. They've come forward with the US and the allied, allied forces. So we've got the five allies. So we've got New Zealand, Australia, UK, Canada, and the US. So this is the, basically the, uh, where the, the controllers of the world, except the uh, US is controlling a whole lot. And in that perspective, Australia has their own Canada, we're still had their own other sort of things there. Who comes along? If America's come along with their sort of gear and gone like, all right, we're taking over this. We had a recent documentary from James Fox uh, down in Brazil where, you know, the beings are running across the streets. We had the crafts there and there. And next minute, who comes along to save the day? Like, what is going on with this America taking over everything? That, that's frustrating. And I, I, I don't want to go into the topic of, like, you know, world wars and stuff like that, but, you know, China and Russia are trying to break free from that and be able to perceive that. It's, going, it's at that point there where like it's enough enough from the US controlling the westernized world or everything in that regard. I also feel like Australia ourselves, we need to go and break from our, our own sort of chains that we've got at the moment. You know, um, like myself, I've um, tried to go and hit out members of parliament to try and say, hey, look, there's an interest here that needs to be brought forward to our um, from the public's perspective that there is something being seen, people are seeing things. Or, you know, the, the fact that the David Grush and David Fryer 
and Ryan Graves has come forward and say, hey, look, we've seen these crafts or even like, um, even in the, the, what is it, the, the um, trying to think, what's the, the, the Congress, uh, the, the, the reports, you know, the UFO reports and that, they're like the stating that the, the, these things are real, these things are out there. Yet our countries or Australia, I'll stick to Australia, we still don't want to admit or have an inclusion of trying to bring this forward. So why is that? So I'll, I'll ask you guys, like, what do you, what are your opinions on this? Like, why do you feel like Australia doesn't want to have any involvement? Why don't they want to get involved in breaking free of uh, Australia? Is not really a good example, in my opinion. <laughs> like, you know, we are, we're, yeah, our, we've been shackled to England and to the United States for such a long period of time that we just don't know any different to that. Yeah, and I think that's part of Australia's Australia's issue. We, we're not a country. Like, um, you know, like, uh, say, some of the smaller countries that, have, that came in with, with UFO information where they're not so controlled by their, by their big brothers. Mm-hmm. Whereas we're little brother in, in the relationship with both America and, and England, particularly more so America now, but traditionally England. Very hard for Australia to, to change that. Yeah. And so tomorrow I'm going to my watch book on uh, Australia's strangest UFO cases. And we're going to talk about a little preview about the best train cases in Australia where trains have been affected by UFOs. And the cover up, the cover up that comes from such of these strange train counters that you've never heard of. So, yes, it's very, we are a place that is firmly under the yoke of our, of our masters. Who up there? And if in Australia that happened to any know about the jury film and things like that, that all it all goes to America. Mm-hmm. And there's no way known that Australia is the Australian government is going to break that anytime in the near future. And I think that they're quite happily coast coasting under the radar too, with all of this going on. With this focus in, in Congress in America, places like the Australian government can just coast freely. Yeah, that, and the, and the attention is just not turned to them. Yeah, yeah. I just want to ask who he thinks, who he thinks out of this all this that's coming out now would open to the truth. The government's telling us the truth. I personally don't think so. Unless the aliens decide to do it, I don't think our governments will. No, no, I don't think so. And I think, I think the truth is going to come from a leak. That's right. That's that's how it's going to happen because the Maintain the public's patient enough to go through the the official channels, and um, I think I think a leak is going to be the, the major cause for it. And the other thing is, is, is the general public at large that interested? No, you know it's not because there's bigger issues at the moment with uh, with all that's going on in the world, with the cost of living crisis and mortgages going through the roof, and and what's going to happen to Taiwan? Like, yeah, you know, it's still. It still remains, unfortunately, as big a question as it is, it's still a fringe issue. Yeah. Yeah. You know, you go talk to your local member of parliament about it. Yeah. I'm trying. I'm trying. Not interesting. Yeah. So yeah. I think that's that's an interesting part of the, of the, of the problem, too. Yeah. I think it's still a big problem, too. Like, even though we've had the, the, um, these three guys come out for it with their own open that and still no one caring, it's because we are too distracted with living. You know, we're not paying attention to what's happening around the world. We're sort of too focused on trying to maintain our own little lifestyles. Uh, like, and then you've got the Ukraine and Russia war there, which seems to be there. And then we had COVID in that during that time there, like when the, uh, the US did actually come forward admitting that we're seeing anomalous objects, you know. Um, but yet we're still too distracted because of COVID. And like there seems to be too much there to try and draw us away from the reality of what's actually happening in, behind the scenes. But that's, that's just going to be a and that's going to happen. There's always going to be something. There's always going to be a distraction. Um, it's it's just how it is. But I think we might wrap it up for today. Yeah. yeah it's, no, been, yeah. it's been a really, really long day. I want to thank everyone who's kind of hung around um, for the whole day. You guys have done such a <laughs> such an incredible job. Um, I want to thank everyone who's come up on stage. Um, ben, Peter, Anthony, um, Paul, uh, Steve, everyone's all your insight was incredible. Much appreciated. Um, please go check out everyone's outlets where they are. Be sure to go check out um, Anthony's podcast. It's uh, it's not a rip off of mine, but that's okay. <laughs> but um, 
Look, guys, if you enjoyed what you heard today, um, please absolutely check out everyone. Um, if you want to find out more about my podcast, you can do that. On a, it's available for free for everyone to listen to. Um, and you can find great discussions like this uh, with individuals who have had encounters with the unknown and things like that. Um, you go to believepod.com to, to find more about 180 episodes for free on that. So I want to thank you for all coming and uh, have a fantastic weekend. Yeah, Sarah, thank you. Yes, thank you to all our speakers today. Uh, sorry, Jim, Peter, uh, Cyan, Steve, uh, everyone who's come along today. You guys for being here, bringing this great forum for people to listen to. Who's coming back tomorrow? I know I am. And that will do it, folks, for this episode. I hope you enjoyed the show. And don't forget, if you or someone you know has had an encounter, please get in touch with me to be featured on the podcast. If you are a fan of the show, you can support the podcast by purchasing some awesome merchandise that's available on our online store via the link provided in the episode description. So thanks for tuning in, and I look forward to seeing you on the next Encounter Down Under. Hooroo!